This podcast discusses anxiety, depression and suicide. If you need support, please call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. If you or someone you care about is in immediate danger, call triple zero now. If you're listening from outside Australia, please refer to your local guides. Record. I wonder if I, st- I guess I still have all the theme music and stuff. Yeah. Somewhere. Oh, just FYI, I'm in the lounge room, so there will be background. Oh, yeah, my children are in the background too. My dogs will bark and all of that, and people will just have to deal with that. Yeah. I think that's what people want in the apocalypse is a sense <laughs> of community. It's dogs, it's dogs barking and yep. children being loud. That's, that's what right. they want. Exactly, and the sound oh. of me drinking my water. And just, just really being super calm. That was too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see how calm I am. Yeah, super oh, calm. My children are shouting bees in the background. So that's calm. That's nice and calming. <laughs> They're playing Animal Crossing. I think people are going to love this, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's just right. Yeah. Um... Anyway, welcome. We're going to do, for as long as this lasts and takes, the Anxiety Shut-In Hour Apocalypse Edition. Because if you're anything like us, this is A, a manifestation of your wildest fears (laughs) and B, a grand new challenge that you couldn't possibly have prepared for. And it's both of those things at the same time. I was going to say, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's all fine. It's fine. We're all fine. We're fine. It's fine. It's fine. Mm. That was convincing. I'm glad that you contributed that. Well, we better introduce ourselves again. Have people mm. forgotten who we are? Oh, maybe. Maybe. We haven't been tweeting very much. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Mm. I mean, as you haven't been tweeting as much as you could be. You haven't been tweeting like <laughs> literally every non-stop. second that I'm breathing. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I've been quite restrained if you compare <laughs> it to literally tweeting every moment of the day. So absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not tweeting entirely in all caps yet. I mean, you're not tweeting right now. And I'm so. not literally screaming out loud while I'm tweeting. <laughs> it could be so much still, worse. <laughs> still ahead. Yeah. Um, all right, let's introduce ourselves. Who are you? Um, I'm Aaron Van Primpton. And I'm Anna uh, Spargo Ryan. Oh, sorry. No, that's all right. No, you, you go. go again. <laughs> well, I'm Aaron Van Primpton. And I was just trying to think of a cool apocalypse name for myself, but I don't have oh, one. So it's really put me on the spot there. Or apocalypse job, or I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just a person who is living with anxiety in what feels like the end of days. And that's interesting because my life felt like the end of days most mm. of the time anyway. So it's a really cool and fun new way to experience life. Mm, mm. Yeah. So I'm Anna Spargo-Ryan. And my question to you, Erin, is mm. 
how similar is the actual apocalypse to what you imagined? <laughs> Do you know what? It's funny. I mean, it's it, not it, I mean, it is. It is hilarious. <laughs> You're right. Funny. The main thing it is is funny. <laughs> it's not funny at all, but it's funny in the sense of it's really surreal. The things that I'm worried about are so mundane. Yeah. That are not the things that I would have been worried about. I would have thought I would have been worried about in like end of days kind of times. Yeah, like yeah. driving with my mum out of the shops where we haven't been able to buy toilet paper or meat or whatever and we've been strategizing how we were going to tackle grocery shopping for the next little while. Like if you know it felt a little bit like I was a character in Tomorrow When the War Began. Like, mm. it was weird. Mm. Yeah, so, so, in a way, what, it's... Mm. Um, Are you Caitlin Stacy? would you say? In Tomorrow uh, When the War Began? Um, I don't know. I'd, to be honest, it's been such a long time since I've read it mm. that I can't remember the name of mm. any of the characters. Mm. Probably doesn't matter in the actual apocalypse. No. But, yeah, so it's not at all what I would have thought, but now that I'm here, it's all very familiar, I <laughs> mm, guess, mm. is, is how, I'm, how I would answer your question. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. What about you? Yeah, like that. And also I feel quite calm in yeah. a lot of ways, and I think it is because, similar to what you were saying, that the things that I worry about on a day-to-day basis normally are so meaningless and I knew that at the time you know having an anxiety disorder is a lot of worrying about stuff that you don't need to or you know blowing things out of proportion or not being really that in touch with reality about things and um Mm. and fixating and obsessing and all of those things so things that felt like a threat that I imagined to be a threat before now I'm just realizing that they weren't at all I'm like well None of that matters now, which is not sustainable. That won't last. But right now I'm sort of, don't worry about any of that. You're Mm. fine. You've been planning for this. It feels like I've been in training for this. Yes. My entire life. And now that it's happening, I'm like, well, let me teach you a thing or two about (laughs) like how to, how to try to take control of everything and how to try to make everybody safe. And, you know, all these things that I've, been trying to do forever that it's almost like yeah like now's my time to shine yeah that's exactly how i feel i will be able to make this better (laughs) because you know so much of my anxiety is about keeping my family safe and like i have really bad ocd and a lot of my ocd behavior is about some imagined threat to my family and now that there is a threat to my family I feel like I know what I'm meant to do about it, which is, which is like put all the forks in the same direction and <laughs> use pegs that are the same colour and, mm. you know, put the TV on multiples of four, the volume. That's how to keep your family safe. But, again, that feels so abstract in hindsight. And mm. so now that this isn't abstract anymore, um, I just feel a very strong, like, capacity to manage it, which is unrealistic, but that's what my brain is doing at the moment. Mm. Mm. I feel like, so what I think a big thing that's happened since we recorded our last episode many, many moons ago was um, moving into a trauma recovery model of treatment 
rather than what had been happening before, which was mostly CBT, um, yes. cognitive behavioural therapy, is that I have a, a much better sense of how I respond to anxiety triggers and that it's a lot of it is in my body, which is very normal for trauma and anxiety in general. But it's like I – so I've spent the last, I reckon, three months definitely, but like the last year really trying to understand how it shows up for me in my body the last three months just been like holy crap I get triggered by everything I (laughs) I have fight or flight responses to everything and now I'm like I'm having those responses but I feel relief because I know that everyone else is as well I'm Mm. like oh it's okay for me to feel this way because this is a normal way to respond yeah. to what is going on in the world. It's like I want to go, like, I'm an introvert in general, but I like, I, this is the most extroverted I've ever felt. I want to talk to everyone and be like, hey, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Oh, yeah, isn't it great? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it's not great, but yeah, like I know. I know, me too. Me yeah, too. That, yeah, I think that like me too part of it to not um, appropriate something that's quite different. Yeah. is is really new and unusual and yeah. and comforting yeah yeah and also we're the best at having anxiety and so <laughs> i feel like i'm winning at having anxiety right now you know everybody's anxious every yeah. single person we've got so much anxious. more experience yeah and i'm like else. god you're anxious well okay, cool. let me tell you about being anxious <laughs> i'm you know like the I don't know. You're the CEO of anxiety, really. <laughs> exactly. And you're like my chairman. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I feel also like way ahead in terms of how to manage those feelings. Yeah. So, you know, all these people who are having yeah, for sure. feelings for the first time and um, who don't know how to process them or don't know what they are or don't, don't understand things like the body thing you were just saying, um, mm. that you can feel anxiety and worry and fear in your body without knowing that that's what it is yes and you know going all you on, know I, is that you feel right it feels wrong it feels yeah it feels like it's not meant to feel like that <clears throat> and you're going why does my chest feel so tight or I feel like I can't breathe or and I feel like um you know all the many years of therapy that we've done at least gives us some sort of insight into what that feeling is even if we can't fix it and we can't control it or whatever, but um, just being able to give names to feelings and stuff, that's yeah, the kind that of things knowing, you learn that in therapy. That, yeah. Having that distance and being like, ah, that's what that is. Yeah. And not then stressing about how you're feeling. I mean, you still do stress a bit about how you're feeling, but it's, it's not a, it's not an unknown stress. Mm. Like you're not, <clears throat> why do I feel this way? You're like, oh, this is why I feel this way. And then you just stress about all the reasons you feel that way rather than the feeling itself. <laughs> the actual feeling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're like a little bit, maybe a little bit further down the path of yeah. feelings. But, um, but then, you know, I want to be able to help other people understand that better. Yeah. So then I'm anxious that people are like wandering around not understanding what their feelings are and that I should fix them because that's what it you know that's yeah my anxiety response is to fix everything yeah so my brain is my brain is just everywhere it's just all over the place i don't know mm. what to, what to focus on 
because then yeah. you know, we've also still got climate change and we've still got bushfires. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, and all of the like the day to day stuff, like how is you how are your kids going to get through like VCE in school this year oh, and yeah. like just the normal. Like, how am I going to get a job in the current climate? Like, just, you know, mm. the everyday stuff as well as the the macro stuff. It's just yeah. a really cool and fun time to be alive. Good, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes I get an email from, like, a work email and I'm like, <laughs> excuse me? Like, why are you asking A work email this? in this climate? Like, I just don't understand how or, people or can. How can this possibly be How can important? you just go on doing this? This is, <laughs> do you not, have you not? gone outside and seen what is happening like how can it possibly just, matter like, that watch i'm the news yeah hey i'm like, gonna cough but i promise it's not coronavirus you can you can you could have muted she could have i could have but that was a good demonstration of not having coronavirus well that was that was my intention it's hopefully helpful to someone and i coughed just so you know i coughed into my elbow that's good. I'm glad. The correct way. <clears throat> Indeed. Not like Scott Morrison coughing into his hand on the television during a press conference. About the virus. But yes. Yes. I thought so I've that just was started not referring a good demonstration. Sorry. No, you go. As the virus? Is that what? Yeah, what I was doing? just going to say, I've started referring to it as the virus um, mm. in, you know, capitalised. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like, like it's... Um, I don't know. You know when you say you don't want to refer, like it's like it's Voldemort. You don't refer <laughs> to it by its real name because you don't want to give it power. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, sure. The virus that makes yeah. total sense. No, it does. So how are you um how are you going keeping your parents inside? Um, better than you, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um. So I'm living with my parents at the moment, so I have more opportunities to kind of really hammer home how important it is. Yeah. But my mum still has to work and, um, yeah, like it kind of feels like the calm before the storm a bit because it's not really super present in the community up here. And so you're kind of just waiting for it to be really serious before you lock everything down so still doing bits and pieces to be like well we'll just do this and we'll just do this and we'll just do this because the risk is low mm. um so yeah it's i don't know go we're going out more than <clears throat> i would like to but less than we normally would and i think that at this stage that's probably the best i can ask yeah yeah I know you have some feelings about this issue. Oh, look. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just I know that lots of people our age who have parents, our parents' ages, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, we're in our 30s and our parents are about 70 and Mm -hmm. trying to get them to take it seriously has been very challenging. And I know that doesn't apply to every person at their age, but Mm. I do know lots of my friends. Not all boomers, hashtag. No, that's correct. And not about boomers and we, you know, that's not, not trying to ostracize or humiliate or attack any boomers. Mm. But, um, but yeah, there are a lot of people our age who are having a lot of trouble getting their parents to take it seriously. And it's a very Mm. scary thing when, 
again, the control part, like sitting at home going, how do I stop my parents from going to a restaurant? Mm-hmm. And I asked this on Twitter the other day. I was like, how do I get my mum and dad to take this seriously? Because every time I ring them, they seem to be on their way to somewhere going out. And lots of people were like, oh, just send them the, send them the footage of like people dying in the hospital in Italy or that video of the guy showing 15 pages of obituaries or, you know, and I'm like, yep, I've done all of that. It doesn't see, it's like a next level thing where they actually can't, it's not that they don't understand that that's what's happening. It's that their, their brain is separate from it. It's convinced it doesn't apply to them and that it won't happen to them. Yeah. And, you know, my dad said to my mum, like, um, like it or not, we're in the vulnerable age group and we have to take it seriously. And then yesterday I rang them and they were in the car and I said to my dad, oh, where are you going? And he said, oh, I'm taking mum to the fabric shop in the city. And I was like, is that the essential fabric shop in the city? And he was <laughs> like, oh, I have to go. And I think actually they've stopped answering their phone when they're in the car because um, they don't want me to hear that that's what they're doing. Ah. Uh, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's frustrating and it's also upsetting because, yeah, they are vulnerable and mm. I am worried for them and I'm worried for everybody's parents and, um, and then all of the people they can pass that along to. Yeah. They've at least decided and agreed to stop picking up my niece and nephew from school, mm. which is good because mm. children are covered in disease, <laughs> obviously not related to the coronavirus. That's just the way children are. <laughs> That's just the facts, baby. That's We're just, here to bring you the facts. As you know, children live inside of just like a cloud of filth. It's just follows them around <laughs> everywhere they go. But um yeah, but you know, just um just trying to get people to and I can't make them. What I hate about coronavirus mm. more than anything is I can't make anybody do anything. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, how is that fair? Why can't I just be the last word on everything? Why can't I just but the, be like the funny thing is like you never could, right? Like No. Well but it brings it into sharp relief. That's true. You're just reminding me how little control over anything in my life I have. Definitely. Thanks very much. Yes, exactly that. And I think that's been a bit of a relief for me, actually, in some ways. Mm. There's a part of me that is relieved to know that I can't control it and just be like, do you know what? I'm doing my best Mm -hmm. and maybe I don't have to take responsibility in my like feelings and my emotions and my head for everything that's happening, <laughs> which is, oh which is God, like a re- I know it's like a revelation to me. Like maybe it's not all your fault and you don't have to feel guilty about all of this. Yeah. Like, thanks brain. That's a great relief. I wonder what this will mean for us when it's all over. I know it's ever all over. Like what lessons are we going to take from it what lessons do you think you're going to take from it at this early stage of the game Anna, <laughs> what lessons are you going to take mm, from mm. this for your anxiety well i was telling you before i have 20 kilograms of chocolate <laughs> so one of the lessons is going to be how much chocolate i really need i suspect it is 20 kilos but we will see and it's <laughs> There's a lot of chocolate in the supermarket, actually. I, was, yeah. I felt guilty about it to begin with. I was like, oh, you don't need to buy five blocks of chocolate. But 
there's a lot. There yeah, doesn't seem to be, good. yeah, there doesn't seem to be a stocking <clears throat> issue with the old chocolate. Although yesterday I went to the supermarket and there were not many chips. Oh no. So yes. Low chips on are chips. an important part for me. Important mm. part of my, <laughs> my coping mechanism. Are they? So, mm. I only have yeah. one bag. I've got a bag of Smith's cheese and onion chips, which are <clears throat> the best chips that there are in my opinion. <clears throat> And I know you probably oh. like something horrible like salt and vinegar because yes, yes exactly. Favorite. See, we just, just wrong <laughs> opinions, just constant, just like machine gun of wrong opinions. Okay. Caramel Mint crown. slices and salt and vinegar <laughs> chips. It's just, you deserve to be in the apocalypse. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. You're going to be sorry if I get it, man. <laughs> I know I am. I won't ever listen back to this. If you get it, <laughs> that was the moment where I condemned Aaron to get, to get coronavirus. Um, oh. Yes. So chocolate. Uh, no, but in seriousness, I don't know because I know that like most anxious people, I have periods of feeling better and feeling more capable and being able to do things. Mm. And then, and then I know it sort of reaches an equilibrium eventually, you know, so I've been seeing a, psychologist who I'm doing schema therapy with, which I've never done before. Mm-hmm. And the way schema therapy works is you do a quiz, like a questionnaire, and then your therapist tells you which of these 18 schemas, or is it five schemas? There's 18 different things and they fall under five umbrellas. I can't remember which part of that is the schema. But, mm-hmm. um, but they basically tell you all the things that you learned when you were a child. So... I have abandonment issues and I have an anxious attachment style mm-hmm. and I am negative, which was very surprising to me. And I, um, I argued with her about that one, but, um, which is how therapy works. You go, no, the science you're, doesn't, uh, you're wrong. The questions were bad, wrong. not me. Yeah. You know, that doesn't surprise me because I would say you are negative in your thinking, but positive in your presentation. But I think that I'm fairly optimistic. Yes. But that's not apparently not what she meant. She was like, you yeah, assume no. that the worst thing is going to happen. Yes. Yes. And I was like, well, and then she's like, but you feel optimistic that it will get better. <laughs> so there's yeah. the difference. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, anyway, but it's been very effective to do this yeah. therapy. With her. And, but I know that, you know, you have periods of kind of, like fresh starts in anxiety, I think, mm. where you go, you feel hopeful. And you have these periods of feeling hopeful that things are different and things are going to change. And then, like me on the 31st of December. It's a little bit <laughs> like that, though, I think. It's like, here's mm. everything's going to be different now. And then eventually you settle into a version of that. And maybe, you know, maybe it's better than before, but I don't know about sustaining a level of yeah wellness that is you know that's vastly different from how you feel the rest of the time well and I don't know I mean that's that's certainly that wasn't my intention with the question I think the thing that I've realized over particularly the past kind of year because all I've really done is you know worked on my anxiety Mm. um is understanding that there's like pivot points or or like checkpoints along the way where something will happen and the way I see things has changed. 
which is not to say that I never ever go back to the way things are before but it's a checkpoint that I like when I have it's like in a video game you get to the checkpoint you say it automatically saves and then you go down and then you make a mistake or you make the same mistake you've made before and then you end up back at the checkpoint and you remember oh yeah that's what this is I have these are the options that I can take from here so Mm. um so I think for me a big one is the realization here is this the control thing so I wouldn't have ever thought to my thought myself as a person who needed to be in control a lot and probably Mm. that's a crazy thought to have other people who know me will be like "Mm, Mm, um, yeah like in my head I'm like (laughs) (laughs) Erin come on yeah but I I I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on what is in my control and what isn't in my control Mm. and it might take me a little while to be able to let go of the stuff that's not in my control but I do get there eventually Mm. um Whereas this has really made me see, oh yeah, no, you have a much bigger problem with this than you than you think you do, mm. um, and that's fine because in this environment, everyone has control issues because the whole point is we're all terrified because we have no control. Yeah, and that's fine, but it's really been like, okay, well, that's a good thing for me to know. That's the the, the phrase for me over the past twelve months has been that's good information for me to have, so that I can make decisions going forward based on this new information that I have about what's going on. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's good to know. That's good to know. So now the no, next that is time, good to know. The next time we have a global pandemic, I'll know <laughs> you have control issues when this happens. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. work on that. Or yeah, just in general life when things happen like you don't get a job that you really wanted or, you know, the there's traffic or whatever it is and I start to have that pattern. It's like, this is a control thing. It's not in your control. Let it go. Like what yeah. is in your control? Focus on that. Yeah. That's what that's where your energy needs to go. Yeah. That's sort of what I mean is like at the moment I think I'm being quite brave. Braver than usual. I am I have learned that I'm very slightly braver than I believed. Mm. And can I do that when there isn't yeah. a pandemic? I think is what I mean. Like, yeah. you know, for a while after this has improved, whatever that looks like at yeah. the end, whatever that is, um, I feel like I will have a period of feeling braver and knowing that I was braver than I thought, but I don't know how long that lasts for. But do you think that every time you act into that bravery a bit, when you go back, you don't, you, you don't really ever go back to where you were before. Like even if it's, 27 steps forward and 26 steps back it's still one step forward maybe but what if you like believe you need a pandemic to be brave so you actually go 27 steps forward and like 35 steps back yeah and you're like i could only do that because it was an anomaly which is how Mm. my brain works like that was a fluke that you did that that was different from the norm that's not what usually happens Elizabeth Gilbert went live on her Instagram TV. I don't know whether you saw this the I other didn't. night. I did she not. Was, you should definitely check it out. I recommend everyone goes and checks it out. She um, she woke up in the middle of the night at 4 a.m. with a panic attack and she talked about how telling stories is her way of um, calming down. And so she said, I want to tell a story about a time that I was a little bit brave. And she told this amazing, beautiful story 
from um, early in her adulthood of a time that she was brave and she does it in this beautiful, calming, soothing voice in this, like the story was like, it was like sparkling in my head as she told it. Mm. And then at the end she's like, I'd love for you to think about a time when you were a little bit brave and share it with someone so that you can remember that this isn't the first time you've had to be brave. Yeah, that you've been brave before and that we've all been brave before and we can do it again. Yeah. And I think that that's really good advice for people with anxiety. Certainly my therapist has been on and on and on at me to focus more on the positives um, and the things I'm grateful for and the things I have been doing. So when I'm having a panic attack, rather than thinking about what was the trigger, what do I need to avoid, Think about what well, what did you do to help you get through that that worked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that's a that's a better neural pathway to forge than the mm-hmm. how do I get rid of this how yeah, do like I avoid this on the for the rest of my life? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 So it'll be interesting to see, I guess. Mm. If we get to see it. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Hopefully there's something after this. Yeah. Again, I won't listen back to this if there's not. There, I mean, there will be. It's just a matter <laughs> of what it looks like. Can I just can I talk about one thing that's really no. frustrating me at the moment? This is not a place for talking. This is a podcast. <laughs> yes, go. Um, people saying we're all going to get through this. Mm. Some of us aren't. Mm. Actually, many of us aren't. Can we please... Like I understand that it's a really important thing to do to remember that we are a collective and we're mm. all going to, like we are going to try to get through this together, but we are going to get through this together isn't accurate and isn't helpful. Like, because if I think it feeds into a bit of that, well, so it's it not going to happen to me. Yeah, totally. And like some people are expendable. Yeah. Like, who, like who, we'll have some collateral damage, but it's only, like, disabled and old people. Yeah, the important people will get through Exactly, this. yeah. Which is, yeah, I agree. Horrible. Um, and it's like that thing that Scott Morrison said about how, you know, what Australians need to do is keep being Australians. Like, okay, that's the same kind of this, uh, it's like a herd mentality that prioritises people who are at low risk like just you know just keep on going just stiff up a lip and mateship and you know all these things that being an Australian is meant to be like like being together and being tough and toughing it out and stuff and um it it leaves so many people behind and also what have we seen about what being Australian looks like over the last week Nothing like, about what's happened over the past week has seemed un-Australian to me. No. You know, but, it's selfish and it's entitled and it neglects people who need help and, it, you know, that's exactly what being Australian has become mm, in my mind. Very, well, it's very much about, you know, the Australian dream, like the American dream, is about getting ahead. mm and you know being able to look after yourself and your family yeah which all sounds really great in normal times mm. it isn't in real in reality even in normal times it's not great no it but always in leaves the someone. current environment 
this is exactly what that looks like out there extreme. Yeah, this is like a practical application of that. Mm-hmm. So nothing mm-hmm. about it that, yeah, seems unexpected to me. Like, yes, yeah, so- that's what you've been telling us to do in other ways yeah. the whole time. Like, well, no one said you should stockpile toilet paper. I'm like, no, but we've been taught for the past however many years to do all the things you just said, to get ahead and to, mm-hmm. and to look after yourself and to prioritise your own needs and that kind of thing. And um, that's yeah, exactly so what this is. Yeah, so saying is un-Australian is actually like actually looking just, out for trace, yourself. just trace it back to yeah. what, it, what it actually is. Yeah, yeah, completely. So, but not chocolate. It's okay to hoard chocolate. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not i'm just like that's my greatest risk so that's me doing it too like how do i mitigate my biggest risk which is that i won't have any chocolate but do you know what if there wasn't enough chocolate on the shelves and i've already seen you on twitter telling people that you're going to send them chocolate like if it came to the point where there actually wasn't enough chocolate to go around you would share it i like to think i would yeah i like to think i would (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how much that's based in When reality. you're back against the wall and the <laughs> yeah, are Yeah, I don't know. Would I? Or would I be like, do you know what I need in my final moments while these hordes tear me limb from just limb? These just, last three April chucks. Just a bit more, Hags. Just a little more. Just yeah. a bit more. Yeah. So apart from uh, panic buying chocolate, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what are you doing to get through the days at the moment? Um, well, I've kept my kids home from school, um, mm-hmm. which I did last week. They were sick which anyway. Which you did specifically to keep you company or like? I was just so, you know, I started coronavirus because I was lonely. <laughs> I was saying this. I wasn't saying that. I was saying to my partner the other day that actually for someone who is as agoraphobic as me. Yeah. This is like a, <laughs> without the virus, everything else about this. Yeah. I can go to concerts libraries i can go to broadway i can go to writers festivals that i've never been able to go to before and purely selfishly without trying to encourage the virus it's been it's been the most access i've ever had which is quite interesting um no so no i didn't start the virus because i was lonely but there are benefits to me specifically in Mm. how it's changed people's behaviour to be more yes. thoughtful of how to yes. be able to do things at a distance, which, yes. yeah, which as it happens, plays right into the kind of my life. Um, but, yeah, my kids were sick with something else unrelated. And so they were already at home. And then, and then this stuff started happening and I was just watching how it was going in. See, the days have all melded together. I don't know when this yeah. was. But... I think it must have been, I was watching what was happening in Italy and Iran and I was like, oh, that doesn't seem like something that we want to be in. And because they were already home, it was easier for me to go, the kids are still sick to the school and just yeah. keep keeping them home. Um, and that must have been, a, they were home all this week and I think they were home most of the week before that too. And so, but I mean, I'm lucky because I already work from home. Yeah. I've worked from home for myself for the past full time for the past seven years. So this is a very easy transition for me and keeping my kids home is easy because 
I'm already here. I don't have to change really very much about the way that I'm doing things, um, which is an extremely fortunate position to be in. So now my day is like get up, do a bit of work, ask my kids if they're doing anything they're meant to be doing, which they aren't, and, (laughs) you know, have some frozen dumplings for lunch and worry about everything constantly and try not to go on Twitter and then like just monstrously fail at not going on Twitter and (laughs) just um, inevitably spend the next 90% of your time on that. Yeah, I get it. So much time just like just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and just going, can I just have one bit of content that isn't related to coronavirus, just one, mm. just anything. I will. T- I, the other, this is, this is the worst thing I've ever said. The other day, someone got stabbed <laughs> in like a, I don't can't remember where they were. It wasn't the one at the supermarket. Someone got stabbed like in a park, and I was grateful that it wasn't related to coronavirus. And I read this news item, and it was the only one in the whole, you know, main section of the news website that wasn't related to it. It's like, thank God for that one piece of attempted homicide that didn't relate back to the deadly virus. So, but I'm doing a lot of like, I don't know, trying to be smart about what we're doing. Um, I'm very clean Mm -hmm. to a, you know, I mean, you can imagine how far I'm taking that. Like mm-hmm. I, when I went to the nursery this morning, I came home and washed the clothes I was wearing mm-hmm. because, not because I think I was covered in virus, but because for me, the only way to get through is to eliminate as much anxiety as possible. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm like, well, I carried some potting mix in a bag against my jumper. My options are worry that it's on the jumper for the rest for the next five days oh just wash it or wash the jumper and not worry about it you know um so a lot of that sorry i'm also seeing it as good practice like just like just in case right or if or for when things get worse um Mm. it's like well like i so i um am wiping the dogs down every time i bring them in and then making sure i wash my hands really well we never mm. go near anyone when we're out. Yeah. Um, it's not like we're going out and brushing up against kids' playground equipment or whatever. But I'm also like, yeah, but I need to start thinking this way because this is what it's going to be like for yes. the next three to six months. Yeah. So even if it, I don't need to do it right now, I do need to start making it a habit. Mm. And we can develop new habits really fast. Like yeah. what I've learned is, you know, now now you watch TV shows and people are hugging and yeah, well, shaking, shaking hands. hands and stuff. And you, my whole body's like, like oh, what are careful. You doing? Why are you doing that? There's so many germs on you. Yeah. And not in like, I'm not, as you know, from seeing my house, I'm not a germaphobe. <laughs> I'm the other end of that spectrum. I'm, I'm like a germophile <laughs> at my house. But, um, but just being mindful. And yeah. trying to create good habits, yeah, I think is a, is probably a good thing. I mean, it's going at some point we'll talk about what that means for people who already struggle to control that kind of behaviour mm. in a you know in a mental health capacity or context, and OCD and cleaning and um, that kind of thing is tough as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it is a good a good habit to get into, like 
I've just come inside. I need to wash my hands properly. And even knowing what washing your hands properly looks like, there's a great video going around Mm -hmm. of someone demonstrating washing your hands using like dye in soap Mm -hmm. and, um, and then just latex gloves. And so you can see where the soap goes. Now, like if you wash your hands like this, which is how we normally wash them, which is just to rub your hands together, look Mm -hmm. how much of your hands and wrists you've missed. Mm. So you need to also, you know, wash the back of your hands and wash your fingertips specifically and wash your wrists and all that kind of stuff, Um, which is good to do anyway. I mean, we're not always going to contract a deadly virus, but there's all kinds of, and again, this isn't me being like, now I've decided to fixate on how many germs there are. And all of you should also think all the time (laughs) about how many germs there are, but just good practice, I guess. How about you? Well, similarly, um, not much has changed in my day-to-day because I haven't been working um, and so I haven't been going out that much anyway and a lot of my life has been revolving around making sure my mental health is really strong, which is something that we all have to do now that we're you know, do to live our lives indoors mm. or in your case can celebrate that we get to live our lives indoors. Look, and um, we'll talk about that too. Remind me to talk to you about that in a okay. moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, Sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt you. No, that's okay. I was like, uh, tell me about you. And then I was like, but what if I interrupt you to tell you about me? <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, so, but the control thing has been, like I said, a big revelation for me. So I really have been trying to put a lot more energy into things I can control rather than worrying about the things I can't control. So mm. I have taken up crochet up in a big way over the past 12 months anyway. But I find now that when I am like, oh, I just feel like I need to do something where I'm in total control, that's what I do. I go and make something or mm. work on a project because I'm like, I have, like the, the, it's like my focus is pinpoint to like within a meter in front of me. It's a very mm-hmm. focused, controlled thing that you're doing with your hands and I'm just doing it. Yeah. But I also find, so I, I find that sometimes I like cutting myself off from the world is, is hard like that. Like having that level of focus, I feel like I, I don't know, it fit, like that feels weird and dangerous I feel like I need to be on alert for what's going on mm. in the world's that hyper vigilancy kind of thing mm. so I have been finding myself doing a lot more social media than I normally would I can like I've been pretty good particularly this year like really working on trying to be mindful on my social media use but the last week I've just been like it like I'll start looking because I've got my three a big three, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I spend mm. most of my time on Instagram, but I've been back on Twitter since Christmas. And obviously Facebook is a constant. Um, it's, just, mm. it's just constantly there. It is, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll look up and I'll be like, all right, well, I'm just going to do it for the next three minutes and then I'll look at the time and 25 minutes will have passed. Yeah. But I still don't want to put my phone down. Like I'm like, I still just want, I'll just check one more time if there's another notification or if someone's yeah. messaged me or like it's, was, it's not yeah. like I particularly ever crave a lot of content like a lot of connection because I've built my life around the fact that I don't I, 
about not around not needing it. Yeah. Um, but at the moment it's just like I yeah, I'm just constantly, constantly, constantly checking. But so I've noticed that, like, oh well that's good information for me to have. And we're trying to schedule more can like intentional connection time. So I've chatted with a couple of friends and um set up, you know, dates to watch things together from yeah. a distance and Yeah. 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 That's mostly what I'm doing. Oh, I'm playing with the dogs. The dogs are everything. Everything. Um since the last time I mean, I'm assuming people who listen to the podcast otherwise follow me, but if you don't then there is a second dog in my life, my little puppy. <laughs> and um yeah, they just they're so different and they're so lovely and they bring a lot of people joy. So I've been trying to do a lot of stuff with them and taking photos and videos and stuff to share with people to share so that they can feel a bit happy and mm. um helping people is my other thing. I recently read You Were Made You Were Meant for This or You Were Made for This by Charlie Nicholas, the astrologer. Yeah. Um and, you know, I know people who listen to this won't be into woo-woo stuff, but I read it. We're very and... pragmatic here, Erin. <laughs> um, steeped in realism. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, I, re- I find it really interesting. And that book really just drove home to me. Even just from a reflection point of view, like reading what it says about what my birth chart says about who I am and being like, hmm, is that true for me? And some of it was, and the big one was, is I am built to serve people. I am built to do things to make the world a better place and to help people. And so I've been really trying to lean into that a bit. And mm. I'm just doing things like posting my list of favourite uplifting TV shows and using my experience as, a, as an anxious person to help people cope with these difficult times. Mm. And that does make me feel better. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad. Well, that's what I think. I think anything doing. you can find to make yourself able to. It's like. It's like maybe it's like putting your own uh, um, oxygen mask on before helping yeah. others. Like the more you're able to do that, the more capable you will be of helping others. I hope so. Hmm. What were you going to say about being indoors? Mm, I was going to say that a lot of people have said that to me about mm. how this must be, and I, mean, I even said it sort of before, about how, you know, this must be like your dream to be stuck inside. Mm. And it isn't. The thing about no. mental health is that it needs so many. I tried to tweet about this the other day and I just couldn't get the words right, but mm. it needs so many things to sustain it and reinforcing it is not really one of those things. No. So, like, if I am afraid of being outside and then I have no option but to stay inside. That doesn't help me cope better. No. Do you know no, what I mean? Just, that just, it just validates the feeling. Exactly, exactly. Being outside is terrifying. Why would I ever do that? Exactly. So actually now that I can't, you know, oh, good, well, I was right the whole time is not a healthy feeling to have. No. And besides that, then there are all the other things that you need to be able to be mentally healthy, which are fresh air, movement, <laughs> Other Find people, day, sunshine. sunshine, all the things that help you to sustain good well-being um, are outside. Mm. <laughs> and, and I feel like the difference for me between being able to go out 
and do something with someone that I like or being able to go and see someone I know or just go to the park, be in the, the air, see other people doing normal things. All of that stuff is so important, is vital mm-hmm. for me to maintain some level of sanity that actually being stuck inside is my worst nightmare for my mental health. Yeah. It's yeah. not as simple as like, but introverts love being inside or which I'm, I'm not, I'm quite an extroverted person, but like because of the illness that I have that, Oh, you must love being stuck inside. I'm like, no, I hate it. I feel less and less well every day that I have to mm. be inside. And that's, then I start doing things like just going for a drive to just remember that there's out, an outside at all. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is a symptom of my illness as well that I'd like, um, having derealization um means that sometimes it's hard to understand that outside exists and like Mm. to be connected to the world and stuff like that and so not being able to reinforce that through actual behavior and having to just try to convince myself of it while i'm stuck inside um is not remotely the dream <laughs> so it's yeah quite hard to explain yeah. that to people um and i know that's not what you meant but i no, think it's I, interesting my to... was, was tongue-in-cheek but yeah, yeah for a, sure it is an important point we talked the other day about how because my big thing is trusting people and this just is like okay well i don't trust anyone to do the right thing yeah if when it comes to this thing the government's not doing the right thing individuals aren't doing the right thing like like we just we can't like I stay indoors, I stay inside or I'm on my own a lot because I don't trust people to treat me in the way that makes me feel safe. And this just is just like, okay, well, validation, I guess. Mm. <laughs> what does Holt say in, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Vindication! <laughs> like, that's right. That's how it feels. I'm like, oh, no, I never need yeah. to trust anyone ever again. Yeah. And actually, I think that element of being right, which is not, I don't feel sanctimonious at all about coronavirus my brain is going we were right the whole time we were right to be scared to go outside we were right not to trust other people we were right like all of that like oh so a bit (laughs) my anxiety is a bit smug at the moment yeah in a way which yeah i don't think you're alone in that i've seen i've I've seen a lot of of smug anxiety (laughs) it's quite unsettling yeah like calm down everything is horrible you can't (laughs) be like this like this isn't the way to get through this yeah i told you so i told you not to be yeah you know um but also it means that it's hard to uh people don't believe my take on things people close to me Mm. so i've been trying to as i said trying to keep my parents from doing non-essential social activities which is their favorite thing to do and if my brother told them i think they would believe him Mm. because I'm telling them and I'm like, they're crazy child. Mm. They don't put as much merit or give as much, give what I'm saying as much merit. They're like, well, Anna would say that, wouldn't she? Look at her. Look how mental she is. Mm-hmm. Like if Anna's saying, Hey, everybody, this is really serious. You should really stay inside as much as possible. Like, well, yeah. Anna loves staying inside. And it's <laughs> always been worried about outside. So it doesn't carry any weight for them. Yeah. Um, which is very frustrating. And it's that, you know, that's a frustration the whole time while you're an anxious person. People just think that you're constantly in the practice of blowing things out of proportion and not understanding how things really are and all of those things, you know? So yeah, that's been challenging as well. 
Hmm. There's a kitten here walking on my computer. Hello. <laughs> my cat, Henry. He got to sex Henry. yesterday. Oh, really? Hello. How's, Hello. How's he going? He got to sexed and... So that was essential because he kept fighting with the other cat. So we oh. took him to get to sex and <laughs> my partner brought him home from the vet after he had been sedated and had his balls chopped off. Mm-hmm. And the nurse had said to him, like, oh, he might be a bit sedated. Like, said to him? Sedate. To, to, said to the cat or to your partner? Said, <laughs> said to my partner, <laughs> um, he might be a bit like sluggish and yeah. not have very much appetite. And... Um, <laughs> So <laughs> let him out in the lounge room and immediately he just ran up and down the piano and then tried to get some food <laughs> and then sat by his food bowl and yelled at me until I put some food in there. And then I said to Gaz, my partner, um, how much food is he allowed to have? And she said, he, he, he was like, she said, just a small, but like half of what he normally has, which is what I gave him. And then he just cried and cried until I gave him <laughs> more. And he was, and so the rest of the night, just running around the house. So they rang me today. They're like, we're just checking in to see how the cat went. How is he today? Is he still feeling a bit tired? I was like, no, uh, no. <laughs> he, he has been going since he got home. He has been chasing every other animal in the house. Every time I go near him, he tries to fight with my feet. He's just, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with him at all. So, but, you know, having a, a new kitten, we got him in January, I think, or February, January. That has been a bit of a treat during this time, to be honest. How good are animals as a distraction just in general? Yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. good, beautiful, heart-filling distraction. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it has its challenges. Some days For I sure. sort of wish I didn't have quite so many animals. <laughs> so I get up and, and I'm like, Anna, okay. we've had this conversation. You can't refer to your children <laughs> as animals. Oh, but that's how they act. Technically, um, they are, but yeah. they're people. No, you're right. You're right, of course. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I'm sort of – I was trying to figure out how much animal food was the yeah. right amount to have. Mike, well, so I bought two bags of the dog's food and then it already doesn't seem like enough. We're like, yeah. hang on, how long does that – I can't figure out how long anything lasts. I tweeted a little while ago, like, it would be so great if someone could – just put up a picture of how much food two weeks worth of food is because I have no idea. And I'm looking at the stuff I've got going, this seems like a lot or it seems like enough, but I don't have any realistic understanding of how much I really need. And with the dog food, like, well, I've got two big dogs that eat a lot and I bought two of their normal big bags, Mm. but I don't really know how long that will last. And and my cats as well. I'm like, I've got, I've got plenty of cat food that need two different kinds of cat food, which they don't really need, but I've got kitten food. I've got adult food. And that it seems again, like enough, but mm. I just don't know. And now I'm like, there's a small part of me that is going, if it gets worse and you can't feed your animals, mm, what, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Are you going to give them, your food mm-hmm. are you going to give them the food that your children were meant to eat mm. because they're starving and your children can eat bread mm-hmm. you know like are you going to give the dogs the vegetables because that's oh all my god you've got now that i'm getting eat. anxious about <laughs> do you know what i mean like i'm just i do know what you mean it's so much like i have thought about it in passing but i try not to let myself dwell on 
Well, I like to dwell on everything. Yeah. 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 And to just continue to dwell on it until. Can you just worry about it? I'll just let you worry about it on my behalf as well. All right. I will. I will. (laughs) Uh, There's no kitty litter anywhere. Kitty litter is, people have stockpiled kitty litter. And, um, And now I'm trying to make my cat litter last as long as possible. So don't come Mm. in my house because (laughs) it's not a good place. So trying to be inside and also trying to make your kitty litter last as long as possible is not a good combination. It's a really good combination. Yeah, it's right up there with, um, I can't think of any other worse combinations, in fact, than being stuck Mm. inside with prolonged kitty litter. Mm. But I don't know, like I, I actually... In that in that situation, have no idea what to do afterwards. If I run out of kitty litter, yeah, what do I do then? <laughs> what Google, else will work? Google will have an answer, I'm sure. I suppose Google has lots of answers. Hmm. Some um, of them will be wrong, but some of them I'm sure will be helpful. And telling the difference is always very straightforward yeah, really. and never causes any problems. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the animal thing, it just feels like a lot. I feel, I've, I've thought a little bit about what my parents would have done if this had happened when I was my mm. children's age. So my children are 16 and 14. And so they're reasonably independent and can take care of themselves in lots of ways, but also I'm responsible for them. And trying to imagine my parents in this situation where they would have still gone to work they wouldn't have had to go to work maybe but they would have Mm -hmm. um and they would have made they definitely would have made us go to school um what that would have felt like as Mm. a child and how different that is from having to be the responsible adult you know I'm like well if they made me go to school I guess I wouldn't have been able to do anything about it having to make Mm. some of these decisions especially against advice it's yes. very challenging where the school, you know, I got my daughter got a snarky email from a teacher that was like, well, I would have given you your results back, but you haven't been here for nearly two weeks. And I thought, well, that's not really necessary at this point in time. Is and it also to- not appropriate. If like, if you've got an issue with it, it's not. Talk to me about do- it. Yeah. Talk to the parent, not the yeah. child. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as far as, then having to continue to stand up for the decisions that you've made. Yeah. Finding that to be quite draining. That's, you know, it's, and in the grand scheme of things, it's not a problem, but it's just as the parent, I'm like, I think this is the right decision, but you know, it does go against government advice. It goes against what the CMO has said, which I believe to be wrong. And I'm making a, sta- a stand, taking a stand, making a statement against their advice. And it's therefore hard to convince people that it's the right choice. Hmm. And then, you know, I'm not a virologist or an immunologist or, you know, I am only basing my thoughts on what other countries have done and are doing. And so I don't, it's not like I have any scientific foundation for it in my own knowledge. So trying to be trying to make good choices is just so difficult. It's, I, it, I feel just really out of control about it. And, you know, I have a friend who was talking about um, her kid who wants to go out to a friend's birthday dinner with 30 other people, age 15, these 15-year-olds, 30 others. Um, and 
this friend of mine doesn't want her child to go. But because no one has said to them, it's actually banned now, and I guess now they have, but at that point when we were having this conversation, they hadn't. Mm. It's very, very difficult to say to a, a teenager, oh, no, you can't do that because mm-hmm. there's no official word that they can't. Yeah. And, you know, someone said to me, well, if, um, if children are stopped from going to school, if the schools close, then teenagers are going to come home and they're just going to do whatever they want. They're going to go out into society and not have good quarantining habits and not have good hygiene habits and come into contact with other kids and meet up with their friends and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, my first reaction was like, well, you're the parent, so you tell them that yeah. they can't. Um, but I know that all kids are not. <laughs> not I mean, I would have well, probably. Like that's, that's reality. Um... Yeah. But on the other hand, it's mostly because there's no... I think because there's no like official word that they shouldn't. Mm. So you can't, you can't defer to anybody else. Mm. That's the problem I think I'm really having is I have to go, this is my choice. And I can't say, Mm. this is what the authority said we have to do. Yeah. This is what the government said we have to do. And for a teenager, especially saying it's my job to take Mm -hmm. care of you. Yeah. And this is the decision I'm making. And I know that it's not the decision that you would prefer, <laughs> yeah. but it's the, this, this is the only, this is, this is how we're dealing with it. And other people will deal with it differently and that's their choice. But mm. I'm the parent and this is by this, like teenagers react really well to hearing that kind of thing. Don't they? They're like, yeah. I love it when my parents tell me they know best. Boundaries are my favourite thing. Please, can I have <laughs> I more I really boundaries? like to stick to them. I wish I had even more rules. <laughs> yeah. So that's challenging. That's very, yeah. very hard, I'm finding. Um, what else is hard? What else is hard, Erin? <laughs> so many what things. What else is hard? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think we need to make a list of things that we can talk about the next time because we're not, this is not going to be a one-off, I suspect. Mm. But what I would really like to do is finish on like three things that you really, uh, that have been really good. Mm. Well, you just have to give me a couple of hours to think of them. A couple of hours. I mean, they don't have to be big, big things. (laughs) No, the main thing for me that's good is that I have, that I have enough and that, you know, that, um, and enough to give to others too, that Mm. I um, can, that I'm safe and I can withstand a lot Mm. of what's happening right now because I'm very lucky um and that's probably not very good really is it that's more like hoarding no but if i'm that's like how just you, hoarding like if, the if if you feel good you know it's good for you that you but you know you haven't gone crazy you are able to get what you needed and you've been doing it over a period of time it's not like you've done it in the past <laughs> well, three days like, that's the benefit of being so anxious as yeah, soon as like as soon as i got whiff of this this new strange happening. virus in china i was like do you know, I'm just going to buy just an extra pasta sauce. <laughs> no reason. Just maybe just case. maybe just one more jar. Maybe Because you know what? We'll probably eat it anyway. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I mean, I feel good and bad about that at the same time. There's so many people who are just at such high risk mm. and um, vulnerable and exposed. And even the school thing where, so I'm an online teacher. I teach 
at Deakin online only. I've never set foot on the Deakin campus. Um, and all of the face-to-face -face classes were closed this week and all the students have moved online. And there's such a vast array of knowledge, technical literacy, access, internet connection, the kind of devices that people have, and that's amongst people who can access it at all. Mm. There are so many children who are not going to be able to access their schooling mm. and the disadvantage that that puts already disadvantaged kids at yeah. is really destroying me a little bit. Um, I really, I really like to... where you're taking this segment. I know I'm good. At... What's good? Well, disadvantaged <laughs> children are even more disadvantaged. Here are three things that are really terrible. What about if instead of saying good things, I say the worst <laughs> things I can I... think of? <laughs> but you know, you're not a negative person. You're not negative, right? Well, as you can <laughs> see, my therapist was completely wrong. <laughs> so that's why I argued with her for 45 minutes about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, good things. My cat, Henry, is good. Yes. He's a funny, funny, he's like a little clown that we have yes. in the house. Um, yes. and being able to, you know, being able to spend time with my family is good. Yeah. I, my kids are, you know, sort of at an age where they're nearly, nearly ready to move on from being with me. And it's been nice to have them around, um, forcibly, you know, yeah. they, they won't, <laughs> won't hang out with me unless, <laughs> unless a global pandemic demands that they do. That's the level that. We're at that, which is, but I didn't start I it. I, didn't, I promise, I didn't start it. I didn't start the virus. It really look. If you ever <laughs> submitted this podcast to a court of law, <laughs> like I have reason to believe that Anna Spargo Ryan started the virus, <laughs> so be it. Um, and and the other thing is how people are helping each other. That the, yeah. the best thing that has come out of this is the kindness that people have been showing one another. Yeah. And that's really reassuring. There's a lot of people not doing that. And a lot of, I mean, again, the hoarding, the, um, the politics, the economic side of it, you know, doing things for the wrong reasons. And, um, but there's so much good as well. And it's been a bit hidden. Everything's been, you know, that, that kind of human kindness has been a bit, closed away in the past let's say 10 years yeah. and this is a an opportunity for people to do it in a very visible way which is really nice yeah what are your three good things my three good things are well my dogs obviously mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um just that's two things so you've got one more two. thing <laughs> no that they're, they're one they can be one combined okay um Poppy is a bit like Henry. She's a total client. She's just like a real dog, like a real dog. Yeah. Um, in that, like, it's all instinct on her. If she wants something, like, if she wants a pat, she'll come and come come and get the pat. If she doesn't want it, she'll bugger off. Like, she's just like, there's no, like, Winston's a bit more human in that way. His trauma yeah. has made him a bit more human yeah. in that he 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 finds it difficult to trust and ask for what he needs and that and poppy's just like so i posted videos of it last week just like a puddle she's like i'm hot she'll just lay in the puddle <laughs> and then rub her belly in the puddle she's like yeah that's and so then, straightforward okay. i'm like okay i've done and then she'll get up and keep walking i'm like yeah. oh my god imagine not thinking about it. yeah like here's the problem and here's the incredibly straightforward solution yeah like i'm hot There's and a puddle. to hell with consequences in. yeah that's it's right fixed I, now 
there was a, a really disgusting mud puddle at the park. She's like, yep. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. And she got out of it and she stank. Like, yep. it's, it's, a, it's a dog park puddle. Like, who knows what is in there? <laughs> and she's like, she's just like, whatever, I don't care. And it's like, just trusting. I'm like, whatever. If I'm dirty, I'm dirty. I'll probably yep. get a bath, whatever. Like, she doesn't know. <laughs> um, so she's really funny. And then Winston has been a bit more affectionate since cooled off up here so he's a bit yeah. more snuggly and a bit more interested so that's that's really really good mm. um good another good thing has been and i feel i feel a little bit guilty about this but um how much more into catching up biotechnology people mm. are like i've been really isolated for a good 12 months because of my life circumstances, but I felt really weird about doing things like scheduling watch parties or being like, hey, let's have a phone date or whatever because I'm like, oh, people will think it's weird and they're busy and they've got other things going Mm. on. But now I'm like, hey, I'm going to watch a movie at this time if anyone else wants to join me or people reach out and being like, hey, let's have a catch-up. I'm like, yeah, that would be great. Would also have been great at any point over the 12 12 months. But, (laughs) hey, it's great now and I'm grateful yeah maybe we can get Um, into the habit of doing it with people and still keep doing it still there is an after and that's yeah that's a big thing i think next episode let's talk about like on a society level what are the things that we really want Mm. to to carry on afterwards Mm. but that's a big one for me it's just just to remember that there are a lot of people who face these accessibility issues all the time mm. by re- for reasons that are not pandemic related and it would just be really great if we could and keep them in mind always. Yeah, and also that the ways that we can be more inclusive are actually quite easy. I think people yes. are often, you know, oh, it's so hard to get someone to dial in or it's so hard to have a meeting if we're not all in the same room or, um, and it just isn't. And so hopefully this shows them that actually it's very straightforward and you can include all kinds of accessibility needs. Like literally explain, explain to them how we, how we started recording this podcast. Like you right now. Me, me yeah, to explain do it. it? Do it. What was oh, happening? What was happening? Yeah. Well, you had we a dream. Were t- we were talking. You had a dream we started a podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean... Just now, I have oh, just now, <laughs> not like well, I was born no, in Adelaide in 1982. No, no, no. <laughs> I said let's jump on Discord and just hang out for a bit. Yeah, and while we were talking, we were having a wonderful time talking about how good and anxious we are. Yes, and you were like, we, no, should like do, we should restart the podcast for this. Yeah, because there are lots of other anxious people who are probably feeling pretty anxious and even non-anxious people who are feeling pretty yeah. anxious so instead, like instead of um just enjoying each other's company why don't we monetize <laughs> the conversation that we're having well we're not monetizing we no, don't I get know, any but, money for it no but how about if Do we, we turn it into content i've yeah. not seen any money from it look <laughs> if you've got 20 kilograms of chocolate and that's all anxiety <laughs> shutting our money i'm gonna be annoyed Okay, name one other thing that it would have been appropriate to spend that money on. <laughs> <laughs> Look, some more chips would have been good, but you would have bought the wrong kind, I guess. So, so yeah, so, and then so we, we jumped from Discord onto Zoom and started recording. Yep. Just, we're not saying go out and start a podcast. Because um, not everyone needs to start a podcast. But if you want to, then do it. We're not saying that you have to. But just like well, it I'm actually like, wasn't that hard to be no. like, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. That's right. 
Um, I wonder if so... I can remember how to upload it. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, so. And then my third thing is just is being outside. Like I spent quite a lot of time outside walking the dogs anyway. And mm. it's a really important thing for me when I'm like just trying to ground myself and remember that there's more to life than just me, more to the world than just me. Mm. But being able, really just appreciating being able to be out in nature last night. So mum and dad don't have a backyard, so I have to take the dogs out just before bed every night for their last little businesses. Mm. Um, And the sky was so clear and the stars were out and it was really, it was really crisp. And by crisp, I mean it was probably about 17 degrees, but it was crisp for Queensland. and. It was like Queens, the proper Queensland autumn, and I was just looking at the stars, like, "Oh man, this is good." Like, there's so much else that's bad, but this this moment right here is really good, and so mm. that was a good thing that I appreciated. That's lovely. Mm. Can you remember how we used to finish this podcast? We used to do metal shootout. Uh huh, metal shootout, of course. Mm. And we had a little. I song. feel like we've kind of done metal shootout. That was mental shootout, I think. The whole, like, like the whole episode was mental shootout. Like everything at the moment is mental shootout. Going around in life is mental shootout. Yeah. 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 Mm, but now we have no excuse for you to do finger guns. Pew, pew. Oh, I well. did them anyway. Turns so. out we didn't need one. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, I don't need to be in the room with you for an excuse to do finger guns. Yeah, true. Um, well... Have a great day. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Anna and Erin are not mental health professionals. This podcast is presented from their own personal perspectives as people who live with mental health issues. If you have a concern about yourself or someone you love, please contact a mental health professional for assistance.